go rebuild my church, which as you can see, is falling into ruins. These are the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi from an image of Christ on the crucifix at San Damiano in 1205 AD. These same words inspired Peter Doan, the host of the program you're about to hear. Peter challenges all of us to rebuild, not the brick and mortars of our church buildings, but our personal faith and relationships that will rebuild and strengthen the church. Now here's today's program. Hi, I'm Peter Doan. And I'm Leslie Doan. And you are listening to the radio broadcast, Go Rebuild My Church. Each week in this broadcast, we will explore ways to put into practice the words spoken to St. Francis of Assisi by our Lord Jesus and how this theme is relevant as we seek to bring renewal to the church today. Our passion for renewal was ignited when we came home to the Catholic Church 13 years ago, and that's when we heard the call to rebuild and joined efforts with many other renewal movements within the church. You can learn more about our journey home and our lay apostle dedicated to renewal in the Catholic Church by visiting our website at www.catholicdiscipleshipministries.com. Org. Our prayer is through the ministry of this radio program and our lay apostolate, we can provide pathways for you as individuals, families, as well as parishes to join the rebuilding process and experience renewal. We, we want to welcome all of our listeners today, and if you're joining us for the first time, we're in the midst of a wonderful series that we believe is critical to the rebuilding and renewal of the American Catholic Church. Yes, our series is the call to return to biblical Christianity. And we've been on an exciting journey, Leslie, into the Acts of the Apostles, where we are rediscovering the characteristics that made these early Christians such a powerful force, pulling together the Scripture, excerpts from the Catechism, the lives of the saints, and the teaching of the Church. We're being challenged on how we, too, can start to live as the early Christians did. Well, last week, we followed St. Paul and Silas as they preached the gospel in Thessalonica, and they caused quite an uproar, didn't they, Peter? Boy, they sure did. And in our discussion last week, we uncovered a really critical theme, and that is the importance of understanding that the gospel St. Paul was preaching was the gospel of the kingdom of God. Mm -hmm. And let me go ahead and read where we left off in Acts 17, 5 through 8. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because this is what the Holy Spirit recorded through St. Luke. Right. The Jews became jealous, and with the help of some ruffians, I love that, ruffians yes. in the marketplace, mm -hmm. they formed a mob and set the city in an uproar. While they were searching for Paul and Silas to bring them out to the assembly, they attacked Jason's house. When they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some believers before the city authorities, shouting, these people who've been turning the world upside down have come here, and Jason has entertained them as guests. They are all acting contrary to the decrees of the emperor, saying that there's another king named Jesus. The people and the city officials were disturbed when they heard this. Yes, Leslie, and it's so important, that phrase they reported as saying, there's another king named Jesus. And we looked at just exactly what that means and how, along with the kerygma, they were preaching the kingdom of God. And we reference the scripture in 1 Samuel 8 when God's people approached the prophet Samuel. And yeah, we, that's a pretty interesting story, isn't it? Yeah, and the insight there, Leslie, is that God's heart 
has been towards his people, recognizing him as their king way back in the beginning. And what happened is Samuel got old, the scripture says, in 1 Samuel 8, and his sons were also judges over Israel at that time, and, but they weren't following in Samuel's ways. In fact, the scripture says they were involved in bribes and perverting justice. So at that time, the elders from Israel came to Samuel and said he was getting old and his sons weren't following in his ways, and they asked Samuel to give them a king like the other nations. Now Samuel was upset about this, and he prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, he said, listen to the voice of those people for what they say to you, for they didn't reject you, but they've rejected me from being king over them. And the Lord went on to say, Leslie, that just as they've done to me from the day I brought them out of Egypt, forsaking me and serving other gods, so they're doing to you. So God wants to be our king way back in the beginning of Scripture. Right, and we also mentioned how Father Mike Schmidt was referencing this scripture in the Bible in the Year broadcast, Right, and he made this point as well. He said that this is the story of our lives as well. So we can see ourselves in this scripture, and we want to be like the nations or the culture around us. However, God is calling to us. Jesus is calling to us to be our king. He wants to guide us. He wants to care for us. But many times we prefer to be the Lord of our own lives, don't we, Peter? Yes, Leslie. And then we bow down to the gods or the kings of this world. Yes, and this leads us to discuss what exactly is the gospel of the kingdom of God. And if we go to the the gospel of Mark, we discover four elements of this gospel And here, Leslie, we meet Jesus. He had just come out of the wilderness, and it said that he came preaching the gospel in Mark 1, 14 through 17. And these four verses are so extremely important for understanding Jesus' gospel. And let's pay attention to what Jesus said. It says, now John was arrested, and Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. And this is what he said, the time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the gospel. Then after that, Leslie, the scripture says he goes by the Sea of Galilee, and first of all, he calls Simon and Andrew. And they were fishing, and he called them and said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Then right immediately after that, it said that he went past James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. They were literally in the boat with their father, Zebedee. They left the boat when Jesus called them and left the hired servants, and they followed him. So take note. Let's, we should take note of a couple things in this verse 14, that Jesus was literally proclaiming the gospel. First of all, it wasn't. It, it couldn't be any clearer. N- no, in in the gospel message, he reveals to us four elements of that gospel, and the four elements of the gospel that Jesus gives us is first of all that the kingdom is here. It's here and now. Yeah, that's the content that Jesus gives, and then secondly, he says, "Repent of sin, then believe the gospel." 
And then we see right after that, Jesus calls people to follow them. So we see that there's a content to the gospel of the kingdom, and there's also a call. The content being the kingdom of God, and the call of Jesus' gospel was repentance, belief, and following Jesus. Well, talk to us a little bit more about the content, Peter. So in the, in the content, it's significant that he spoke the gospel as the gospel of the kingdom. And that reveals that the coming of God's kingdom is essential to the gospel that Jesus preached. It was first about God's kingdom. And I thought to myself, Leslie, as I said that, how many times have I shared the gospel and talked about God's kingdom? I know. We don't often go there, do we? I know. And if I was honest with myself, very rarely, as I've shared Jesus with others, have I mentioned the gospel, which is the content. Then secondly, there's the call, and that is the repentance, the believing, and the following of Jesus Christ. And they go together. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's time for us to take a short break, and when we return, um, this is a good place to take a break. We're going to continue our discovery of biblical Christianity, and Peter, we want to look at not only what the gospel of the kingdom is, but how we as Catholic Christians can develop what we call a kingdom mentality. Yes. So please stay with us. You're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood in memory of their parents, Woody and Joyce Wood, and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio Indy thanks the Wood family for their support. Hi, I'm Patty Cochran. Are you a non-Catholic who listens to Catholic Radio? Would you like to find out more about how to join the Catholic Church? There's a program called RCIA that can introduce you to the Catholic faith, and it's available at your local parish. You don't have to make a commitment to participate in the program. Just try it out. I did, and it was one of the best steps I've ever made. Contact your local parish office for more information and start your journey home. Welcome back to our radio program, Go Rebuild My Church. In this series, we've been exploring the call to return to biblical Christianity and discovering the characteristics that made the early Christians such a powerful force. Peter, we're going to continue our journey now through the Acts of the Apostles. And what do we see when we encounter Paul and Silas. Yes, so we began this whole focus on the kingdom, Leslie, because Paul and Barnabas were preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and as the result of the kingdom of God mindset was at the core of why the early Christians were turning the world upside down that's recorded when they were in Thessalonica. That's what people thought they were doing. The kingdom of God mindset really is the best approach to understanding biblical Christianity that we've been talking about and and God's purpose, his plan, and his destiny for our own lives, Leslie. Well, Peter, that mindset or that mentality is kind of difficult for us because as Americans, we pride ourselves in our independence, our self-determination, and we actually had a revolution against the King of England, right? Yeah, so the word kingdom, it doesn't necessarily come natural to our vocabulary and our glossary. Right, we have to work at it. So how do we attain this kingdom of God mindset? Well, so remember, we talked about how Pope Benedict Sixteenth wrote a wonderful treatise called Jesus of Nazareth. And in one of the chapters, he 
opens up to us what exactly the kingdom of God is. And he said to us, first of all, that the kingdom is Christological. In other words, it's Jesus himself. It's centered in the person of Jesus Christ. This kingdom comes near to us because Jesus is the kingdom himself. Now, we talked about one of the first parts of the content of the gospel of the kingdom, Leslie, was repent, right? Now, when we say the word repentance, sometimes, you know, you get a feeling like, oh, I don't want to talk about that, or I don't want to think about my need to repent. But Jesus, when he told us to repent, he was telling us, and the Greek word there, Leslie, is metanoia, to change one's mind. It's literally to think about the direction that I'm going in, and I literally want to pull a 180 in my thinking and even also in my actions. And there's an important insight in the Greek language in that word that's used where Jesus said to repent, Leslie. It's in what's called the present tense, which means it's continual action in the Greek mind. So that what Jesus said, repent, it wasn't a one-and-done deal right but he was saying he was calling into us us into a life of ongoing repentance or as we say many times in our catholic faith ongoing conversion well um uh, repentance as i hear you saying peter is our doorway into the kingdom of god it's the first thing jesus is calling us to do yeah that's what we walk through right right Mm -hmm. and we've mentioned before that the kingdom of god and having that doorway into the kingdom is a major major theme throughout scripture isn't it yes it is Mm -hmm. Uh, you told us in the last uh program that the phrase kingdom of god occurs 122 times in the new testament i did not know that Mm -hmm. and 99 of those occurrences are found in the synoptic gospels which are matthew mark luke and john and 90 of those 99 occurrences come right directly from the mouth of jesus yeah Uh uh-huh and i am always reminded of jesus's own words which were somewhat of a directive or a command where he said seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you i think a lot of us know mm-hmm. that scripture by right. heart and he's saying that's the, that should be our priority in life right mm-hmm. and then also when jesus taught his disciples to pray the our father we again see how important the kingdom of god is because he taught us to pray thy kingdom come thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven right so if we want to develop a kingdom mindset we must fully embrace and understand the concept of the kingdom of god that jesus taught so where should we start peter let's get practical now yeah that's right let's 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 move from theory to practice leslie and let's think about the makeup of a kingdom in general terms and if we develop this mindset we must apply the principles of a kingdom to the kingdom of god so first of all there must be a king right If there's a kingdom, there's got to be a king, and Jesus is the king. When I think of Jesus as the king, Leslie, oftentimes I think of Revelation chapter 19, where it pictures for us Jesus returning to his second coming. He's riding on a white horse. The saints are following him, and it says that he is wearing many diadems, many crowns, which speaks to us symbolically that he really is the King of kings and Lord of lords. In fact, it even says in Revelation 19 that he has written on his thigh and on his side, King of kings and Lord of lords. What a wonderful day that will be. Yeah, what a beautiful, beautiful sight. Yeah, so first of all, 
there is a king and Jesus is the king. Secondly, in any kingdom, Leslie, there must be subjects over whom the king rules. And in the kingdom of God, the people of God must be the Lord's subjects over whom he rules. Thirdly, in a kingdom, there must be laws and ordinances by which the king rules over his subjects. Now, the Lord rules over his kingdom through, as we Catholics teach, Leslie, sacred scripture, tradition, and the magisterium. That's where we find out exactly what the Lord's will for us to do on a general term, a daily term, when it comes to our worship, when it comes to our lifestyles. Really, that's why we say that in the Catholic faith, we have the fullness of the faith because we have those three dimensions. That's sacred scripture, that's the magisterium, and that's tradition. Right, and there's a strong emphasis that Jesus teaches us about obedience. And, you know, when you think about all the times he talks to us about being obedient or obedience, we have to connect that to his his kingship, his rulership over our lives. Exactly. And so that's the third principle of any kingdom. There must be laws and ordinances. And then finally, there must be in any kingdom a realm or territory, right, over which the king rules. And the territory of the kingdom of God is my life. That is like my heart, my mind, and my will, that which makes up who God created me to be, and that must be the realm or territory over which God rules. Well, that's a wonderful uh, overview, Peter, of how we get started on developing a kind a kingdom mindset by, first of all, having Jesus be our king, yep. becoming, yielding to him as his subject over which he rules, obeying his laws and ordinances, and then giving over our entire life, our as a as the realm or territory of which he, over which he rules right so i think this is a great time now to take another break and when we return we're going to discuss how we as catholic christians can rebuild a kingdom of god mentality and how this reality can actually change and transform our lives our families and our parishes you're listening to Go Rebuild My Church. This program is underwritten in part by Willie and Deborah Wood in memory of their parents, Woody and Joyce Wood, and Bill and Elsie Brooks. Catholic Radio Indy thanks the Wood family for their support. Alexa, what's the weather forecast for today? Alexa, what time is the Colts game today? Alexa, remind me to pick up the dry cleaning tomorrow. Has Alexa become a part of your daily routine? Then make sure that routine includes Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Catholic Radio Indy. Quick, easy access to Catholic programming 24-7. Just say, Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy. Catholic Radio Indy. Welcome back to our radio program, Go Rebuild My Church. Today we're continuing our series, The Call to Rebuild the Church Here in America Through the Restoration of Biblical Christianity. In our last segment, we discussed how a kingdom of God mindset or mentality begins by us opening the door through repentance. Then we need to understand the importance of the kingdom of God. And Peter, you you shared with us four major dimensions of the kingdom, that there needs to be a king, subjects, laws, and a territory. That's right. (laughs) So Peter, as we often say on this radio program, we are definitely committed to being solutions-oriented. So what are some practical ways we as Catholic Christians can develop this kingdom mindset in our daily walks? Yes, Leslie. So those four dimensions are, as you mentioned, are really helping us 
focus on becoming kingdom people with a kingdom mentality. We want to think as subjects of the king. And first of all, we need to accept Jesus as king over everything, including my life. So you, if you haven't done that already, this is the best place to start, right? Th- that, that's the beginning. Then I realize that I am to be subject to the rule of this king, who is the Lord himself. Thirdly, I must know his laws and ordinances. We mentioned what, how we could find those out and then obey them completely. Right. Start by reading the scripture. That's right. Fourthly, submit my heart, mind, and will as the territory over which Jesus has complete authority in my life. And there's practical ways that we can do that, Leslie. So first of all, what do we mean by accept Jesus as king over everything, including my life? And when I think about the kingship of Jesus, it brings me always to Psalm 2. Psalm 2 is an amazing psalm in the scripture, and it, it's, it shows us a relationship between the Father and the Son, where the Father installs Jesus as the king. It starts out by saying that the nations are in an uproar, and the peoples are plotting vain things. And it says the kings of the earth are setting themselves and rulers against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds. But then... It's the Lord begins to speak, and he doesn't speak even first, Leslie. Do you know what he does? You've told me this, but I'll let you tell our listeners. <laughs> he who sits in the heaven laughs, uh-huh. okay? The Lord laughs when he looks at the conspiracies on the earth against he and his kingdom. And then the Lord goes on to say, I've set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, This is the Lord speaking, Jesus, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage. So so we see, first of all, in that first principle, Leslie, that Jesus has been installed as the king over the universe, and there's nothing that can break his kinship. Right, and at the end of that um, psalm, it says, happy are all who take refuge in him. That's right. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, the more we make him king, the happier we'll be. Well, your second point is that we need to be subject to the king, who is the Lord himself. So what is an example of that? Where where do we see that in the scriptures? Okay, Leslie, a great example of this is when St. Paul wrote his epistles, Oftentimes, he'd not even address the fact that he was an apostle, but the first thing he would say that he was a bond slave of Jesus Christ. He used the word slave. Yeah, he was a slave. That's a Greek word doulos. He didn't say he was a servant. He said he was a slave. And so St. Paul is leading us by example to take this approach to the Lord. And a lot of us have never thought about that, but can we begin to even say, Lord, Teach me what it means to be a bond slave of Jesus Christ. And Jesus referenced this himself in Luke 17, 7 through 10, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, Are we going to move on here? Yeah, let's go to point three. Okay, the third point to develop a kingdom mentality that you've taught us is that we must know his laws and ordinances and obey them completely. And you've already mentioned the constitution of the kingdom of God, which is the Sermon on the Mount. 
Right. A lot of people believe, again, that that Sermon on the Mount represents the constitution of the kingdom of God. But it's an interesting thing. After Jesus does all that teaching on the Mount of, the Mount of Beatitudes, Leslie, he ends up by challenging us. And he says, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts on them is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And interesting, when you read the word house in scripture, don't think of like brick and mortar, but think of family. A lot of times when he's talking about house, he's inferring family there. He says, the rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Then he said, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them, okay, does not only listen but act on them, will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew against that house, and it fell. So the house, it can be the family, a person, your individual family. It could also be the family of the church that we need to build on this constitution. And then lastly, Peter, talk to us about the fourth aspect of the kingdom mindset, which is how we must submit our heart, mind, and will as the territory over which Jesus has complete authority. Yeah, scripture that I've always thought about in that regard, Leslie, is in Romans chapter 12, where St. Paul refers to us as a living sacrifice and says that we need to put our lives on the altar, and he's inferring the way that a sacrifice was put on the altar in the Old Testament. And when I give myself to a sacrifice, it's my whole life, my thought life, relationships, finances, even my time. Well, Peter, you wanted me to share my testimony of how I came into the kingdom and how the Lord led me step by step um, into the kingdom of God. And so I'm going to talk to a little bit about my encounter with Jesus that led to my conversion. And we've been talking about Jesus' message of the kingdom, which includes repentance, believe, Believing in him and following him. Those three things, Peter. Right. And I have to say that the Holy Spirit was really present in my dorm room when I was in college because my experience, even though I didn't know it, reflected the pathway that Jesus gave us for entering the kingdom. I will never forget what I prayed. I knelt down in my dorm on the floor and I first of all repented of my sins and right. at that time I actually visualized Jesus on the cross and I recognized that he died on the cross for me and he was my lord and savior so I put faith in him I believed in him then I submitted my life to him and I pr- actually prayed I once Jesus asked you into my life but now I'm giving my life over to you please take the reins of my life and then lastly I committed myself to follow him all the days of my life in my prayer. So it was so interesting that the Holy Spirit led me through that, those steps. Yeah, and the steps that we talked about how Jesus said the gospel of the kingdom. Let's pray now, Leslie, and let's pray the Our Father, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on the earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you so much, listeners, for joining us today as we seek to connect individuals, families, and parishes to the rebuilding and renewal of the Catholic faith here in America. 
If you'd like to hear our past programs, go to catholicradioindy.org, and you can access all previous broadcasts through the podcast tab on the webpage. You can also download the Catholic Radio Indy app from your app store and listen 24-7, or you can say, Alexa, play Catholic Radio Indy, and make sure to become a regular listener of Catholic Radio Indy. Indy. Goodbye for now, and keep keep the the faith. faith. You've been listening to Go Rebuild My Church with Peter Doan. Podcasts of this program are available at www.catholicradioindy.org.